the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. Good morning, and welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of Denver and Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. We were enjoying spring with the rising temperatures and the and the ambiance and the flowers were beginning to blossom and things were picture perfect. Until suddenly, one day, one morning, we woke up to see two inches of snow on the ground and morning temperatures in the low 20s. What happened? Suddenly, old man winter visited us one last time. I looked at the daffodils that had blossomed a few days before. There they lay. Covered with snow, just totally collapsed. And what a picture of despair. I took a picture of it <laughs> just to show me how bad things can get. And today, the day before Easter, they're suddenly robust and beautiful again. Easter and spring are times for new beginnings. The birds are building their nests. The animals, be it the chipmunks or the raccoons or even the skunks, they're moving around the backyard looking for a new home to raise their new families. This is the spring, the time when the earth is reborn. Easter was a time for either a virtual or an in-person church service, followed by visits from close family and maybe FaceTime calls to the kids and grandkids scattered all over the country. And then 
there's time to relax and enjoy life. Maybe even a time to take a few minutes to review our financial plans and investments. This week, global equities were mostly positive, with major equities in the U.S., Europe, and Asia all up. In fact, the Standard and Poor 500 stock index closed above 4,000 for the first time Thursday, thus demonstrating increased investor optimism pegged to the prospects of the economic growth uh, aimed at uh, due to widespread vaccination campaigns and also spending programs from the uh, U.S. government. In the global economy, China and Asia have recovered first because basically COVID-19 was identified first in China and Asia, and they, they both have experience in dealing with SARS and other animal viruses. The U.S. will be next because of the vaccinations and the vaccines. Uh, presently, vaccinations with Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson & Johnson, they're happening at uh, 2.8 million vaccinations per day. That's approximately 80 million vaccinations per month. So assuming a double dose for full immunization, uh, that equals 40 million people being immunized each month. And the pace is increasing uh, with both production and vaccination. In other words, I think the latest numbers show for the United States, at least uh, approximately 30 percent of the people have had one shot, and I think 17 percent have had the two shots for total immunization. In addition, the U.S. economy is rapidly improving because of the $6 trillion in federal government stimulus. And, you know, we, uh, the government the stimulus amounted to little less than $4 trillion for 2020, with that CARES Act uh, in March and then uh, final $900 billion just before the end of uh, 2020. And then uh, recently we had the, uh, the next $1.9 trillion worth of stimulus, and those checks are going out and the money's going out right now. And, of course, the uh, unemployment benefits uh, from the federal government in addition to the uh, state uh, unemployment benefits, they'll continue until sometime in September. In addition, uh, the U.S. economy is rapidly improving, um, maybe in anticipation of the 3 to $4 trillion is supposedly coming later this year. Uh, Europe, on the other hand, has been hampered by serious problems in the availability of vaccines and vaccinations. Uh, that has resulted in uh, lockdowns throughout Europe and uh, the, and also uh, the lockdowns were caused by increasing COVID uh, infections. In addition, the uh, European Union financial stimulus is no match for the U.S. stimulus. But in any case, the global economy uh, will hopefully get on track to uh, get on its feet soon and certainly before the end of the year. And, of course, even as equities are increasing, there's still volatility caused by, you know, different estimates of uh, future progress for inflation, 
and how the Federal Reserve will react over the next three years. Stuff like, uh, well, I think it'll go up and then it'll uh, be a spike, the inflation will spike and then it'll go down. So there's no concern. There's other comments that economists that are predicting that the inflation will go up and continue to go up. So these things are causing, you know, volatility in the market. We also have the rotation of stocks from the growth to value, you know, as investors discover the bargains in the cyclical value industries that will shine during the economic recovery. 2020 was all about the high-tech growth, but the first quarter saw investors' interest uh, suddenly focusing on the economically sensitive sectors like banks and energy. Also, another thing is progress uh, or sometimes a lack of progress in removing the COVID uh, restrictions. So one of the big things is we're seeing the restrictions uh, being released and uh, people are starting to go back to uh, normal. I think it'll take quite a while. I think we're just seeing the start of it because, as I indicated earlier, only about 17 percent of the population has been still fully immunized, immunized. So. Hey, we're just at the start of the uh, of the uh, immunization process, and it'll take another at least another couple of months before before uh, we end up with a lot of people. You know, we get up to fifty or sixty percent. Uh, uh, the the goal is to get the uh, immunizations up to eighty uh, percent, uh, and that gives us that uh, that herd immunity immunity that uh, Dr. Fauci's been talking about for, I don't know, for the last year. So, and there's other things that are happening that cause the volatility in the stock market, like that uh, Robin Hood and the the, uh, uh, GameStop uh, thing where they suddenly uh, threw a whole bunch of buying power under this uh, stock a game stopped and uh, drove it up to totally unreasonable heights and then it collapsed. Uh, and also, uh, recently, uh, one of the big uh, uh, family investment offices, uh, they got into trouble with uh, some derivatives and uh, banks had to unload something like um, 30 to $40 billion of uh, stock in a weekend. So uh, these all these things cause volatility, and but basically we have to live with that. We, this is some, nothing new. What we're seeing this week is that U.S. economic news was good. Uh, this week, the Department of Labor reported that uh, hiring accelerated last month to the best pace since uh, August. It's going to the Wall Street and signaling <clears throat> a stronger rebound is underway that could deliver jobs to the industry, region, and workers hardest hit during the uh, COVID pandemic. U.S. employers added uh, 916,000 jobs in March, uh, the Labor Department said. And the gain uh, affirms an accelerated employment trend after a winter stall and could be the start of a prolonged stretch of uh, strong job creation. I think uh, 
if I take if I remember correctly, uh, we were talking about losing something like three hundred thousand jobs in December, and then uh, January had picked up to about uh, a plus two hundred thousand jobs, and then uh, February had picked up to something like four hundred and fifty thousand jobs, and now we're here at. Uh, 916,000 jobs for March. So, obviously, the, the job market is getting stronger and stronger, and it, it shows up in the Department of Labor reports. It shows up in the uh, uh, the uh, small business reports in terms of uh, independent businesses. They say getting skilled labor and uh, finding skilled labor is one of their biggest problems, and, and people and, and companies are uh, hiring now. In other words, basically what you're seeing is that uh, everybody expects, including the the, uh, the consumer, the consumer uh, is basically the people have, who have kept their, uh, uh, their jobs, uh, they're basically in good shape in terms of having put their uh, stimulus money in the bank, and also uh, uh, save the money that they would have spent on vacations and travel and, and uh, uh, restaurants and things of this nature. Plus, their houses have, have gone up in value. We'll talk about that later in the show. And, uh, uh, you know, the uh, stock market, their 401ks and stuff like that have also gone up. So, the, the idea here is that uh, as this, as this uh, COVID-19, this uh, coronavirus is conquered, then uh, we'll be getting back to normal sometime, probably at the latest, at the end of the summer. So uh, at the earliest, maybe even in May or something like that. It'll be a gradual thing. People will respond to uh, their, their local environment. So... Uh, Whatever we see, uh, we see uh, the, the states are beginning to lift restrictions on the business activity, and co- consumers are growing more comfortable in dining and shopping and traveling outside their homes, and stronger uh, growth. And we'll talk about the details of the jobs report, but what you're seeing is restaurants, the stores, hotels, uh, all sorts of jobs are increasing. And uh, the uh, the, the uh, places that our job growth will pick up in the hardest hit cities in the Northeast and California, and in tourist places like Las Vegas and Orlando, even with sustained uh, hiring, the U.S. isn't expected to uh, fully recover all jobs during lost during the pandemic. You know, in March and April, we shut down the whole country. Uh, something like 20 million people hit the bricks. Uh, and we don't expect to get all of them back until uh, the second half of 2022, which, if you are if you don't have a job, is a long way off. Uh, that means industries, workers, and regions suffering the most in the pandemic, they still face a lengthy recovery. And uh, <clears throat> those who have dodged the downturn uh, usually better paid, highly educated workers and uh, states that have imposed lighter restrictions 
are expected to return to normal much more quickly. Uh, we'll talk about the details of that later, but I mentioned before about the uh, home prices going up. And uh, uh, the case killer uh, home price index, which is basically tracked uh, something like uh, 20 individual cities, and Cleveland is one of them. And uh, basically, they've tracked them for the last 30 years, and it gives you a good idea of what the, the metropolitan areas around those cities are looking like in terms of the home prices. And uh, basically, what they're saying is home price growth accelerated to a 15-year high in January if the supply of homes was for sale has dropped to a new low. A new low, I think, is uh, the the backlog or the the inventory of uh, homes, existing homes for sale, is something like two months at the the present rate of sales. So the S&P Core Logic Case-Killer National Home Price Index, which measures the average home price, across the nation rose 11.2% in the year that ended in uh, January, and it was up from 10.4% the previous month. And uh, January marked the highest annual rate of price growth since February of 2006. Now, I, uh, we'll talk about what's happening in Cleveland, but I think, I uh, recall, uh, that we should be in about... Uh, Home prices have gone up about 10.8% or something like that in the Cleveland uh, metropolitan area. And home buying uh, demand remains robust due to the record low interest rates and the desire for more space. And uh, sales of previously owned houses, homes which make up the bulk of the, the, the uh, housing market, uh, in 2020, they rose to the highest annual level since 2006, that's according to the National Association of uh, Realtors. <clears throat> so home, home buying demand re, uh, remains robust, uh, and uh, uh, the supply of uh, homes has dropped, and basically it's a seller's market. And you're finding buyers are competing for houses and uh, pushing up the prices. Uh, the uh, the other thing that happened this week was that uh, consumers are basically recognizing that their lives are improving with the uh, defeat of the COVID and the uh, stimulus checks arriving now. Uh, consumer confidence uh, in the United States has uh, risen in March to its highest level since the pandemic started a year ago. That's according to the conference board and their surveys. Uh, Americans are expressing more optimism about business and labor market conditions in the coming months. Uh, The conference board reported on Tuesday said that its consumer confidence index increased to uh, 109.7 in March from 90.4 in February. Uh, That's the third consecutive monthly increase, and consumers have become more optimistic about the U.S. economy as vaccinations and uh, uh, the two uh, rounds of uh, stimulus, basically three rounds of stimulus so far, with perhaps another uh, three or four trillion dollars coming at the end of the uh, close to the end of the year. And uh, 
Lynn Franco, who is the uh, Senior Director of Economic Indicators at the Conference Board, she remarked that, quote, consumers' assessment of current conditions and their short-term outlook improved significantly, an indication that economic growth is likely to strengthen further in the coming months. So what you're seeing is good news in, in terms of uh, uh, what is out there. Uh, the uh, the employment situation, uh, let's take a look at the details of that. That's contained in the Department of Labor uh, report and uh, uh, called Employment Situation Report from the Department of Labor. And that uh, shows a huge, a real blockbuster increase in jobs. The Department of Labor report focused on payroll data collected in March. It shows non-farm payroll increased 916,000 jobs in March, and that the private sector portion of that amounted to 780,000 jobs. And uh, this was a lot better than the previous two months, three months, where we had December, uh, we lost 306,000 jobs in the uh, U.S. Uh, labor economy, uh, labor market. January saw an increase of 233,000 jobs. February saw an increase of 968,000 jobs. And here it is in March, 916,000. And it shows that the economy is ready to move as soon as we can push this COVID out of the way with these uh, vaccination campaigns. And meanwhile, the unemployment rate uh, fell to 6%. I think it was 6.7% in uh, December. And last month, uh, more job seekers entered the labor market. And uh, that provides a, a critical source of labor for employers ramping up uh, hiring in the coming months. The job rebound is gaining renewed momentum as more people are vaccinated and states lift their restrictions on business activity. So what you're seeing is stronger growth could return jobs to industries with the deepest losses. And that area is the restaurants, the stores, the hotels, and also uh, it's having an impact on uh, warehousing and manufacturing and just about everything. Uh, the gains uh, should provide opportunities for women and uh, racial minorities who disproportionately lost jobs last year. And uh, even with the sustained hiring, the U.S. isn't expected to fully recover all jobs lost until the second half of uh, 2022. So uh, what we're seeing there is that... Uh, uh, the uh, job growth is up dramatically. Uh, if you take a look at the big picture, the private sector uh, added 780,000 jobs in March to a workforce of 121 million people. That's the number of people that work in the private sector. And the, uh, uh, the, uh, in March of uh, a year ago, uh, that workforce stood at 128 million versus 121 million today. And the government also added additional jobs. And uh, the federal government added 7,000 jobs. 
to a workforce of 2.9 million. The state and local governments added a tremendous number of jobs in uh, March, uh, and most of the job additions seem to be in the educational field. Uh, for instance, the state governments added 46,000 jobs out of a total of uh, 5 million in the workforce, and all most of those were in uh, education at state uh, um, facilities, state uh, uh, colleges and stuff, and community colleges, and local governments added 83,000 jobs. And uh, <clears throat> like I said, most of the gains in the government were in the education. So if we take a look at the private sector a little bit more, what we're seeing is manufacturing added 53,000 jobs, construction added 110,000 jobs, mining added uh, uh, 20,000 jobs, and uh, the uh, service industries like uh, retail, wholesale trade, uh, transportation and warehousing, financial activities, uh, uh, leisure and hospitality, uh, they gained 597,000 jobs. So there's 102 million people that work in those areas. And what we're seeing is that uh, uh, the uh, leisure and hospitality, uh, that added 280,000 jobs. And... Uh, uh, nearly two-thirds of the increase was in food services and drinking places. And uh, what we saw in terms of uh, construction, construction added 110,000 jobs. Uh, they had lost 56,000 jobs the previous uh, month, mainly due to all that uh, the storms and stuff like that in the lower, the lower plains in Texas and places like that. And the employment growth uh, basically was widespread in, in uh, March with the uh, better weather. Employment and professional in business services rose 66,000. And of that, uh, their uh, uh, management and technical consulting was 8,000 and computer systems design and related services was basically 6,000. So, you know, if you're, if you're looking, uh, particularly with the youngsters and then coming out of college and, and what they're going to get into or even going into college and saying basically what should uh, uh, where's the future lie uh, for them uh, the, the, the increase in the labor market is gives you some indication of uh, what the future holds uh, for instance in uh, Manufacturing, manufacturing added 53,000 jobs in March, and uh, 30,000 were in durable goods, and 23,000 were non-durable. Transportation and warehousing added 48,000 jobs, and social assistance added 25,000 jobs, mostly in individual and family services. Uh, wholesale trade increased 24,000 jobs. And retail trade increased about the same amount. And financial activities uh, had increased 16,000 jobs. And uh, basically half the gains were in, uh, you know, the uh, insurance and uh, 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 mutual funds and things of this nature, the stock market. 
and the other half was in uh, real estate. And uh, so basically what we're seeing is that uh, the average wage, uh, is pres- according to this report, is $29.96 for all of the uh, employees. And the average work week uh, basically adds up to 34.9 hours in March. So basically what we're seeing is good news in terms of the hiring, not only the, the, the level, but also the trend. Uh, the trend is really upward now in terms of uh, getting the nation back on its feet and getting it recovered. So when you take a look around, um, now's the time, you know, we, we talked before about uh, if you're thinking about what to go into, if you're unemployed, if you got laid off, and thinking about where you're going to go, um, while you were off work, so to speak, now then was the time to get into some extra training, um, make yourself, uh, give yourself extra skills so that you've got this capability to go out with a uh, better resume this time. So and, and that's part of the part of your financial planning in terms of laying out your goals, saying where we're going to, where we're going to be in 10, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, where we're going to be in retirement. Uh, whether we know we start a family, who's going to stay home uh, until the kids are old enough to go to school, things of this nature are all things that are involved in your financial plan. And uh, what you have to do is be serious about it and realize that uh, uh, you are just like a, a, a mini corporation and you have to keep track of your books and you have to anticipate uh, what you're going to raises and promotions and things of this nature. And you have to say, okay, uh, I think in a few years we can afford this. Or uh, uh, it helps you make those decisions where you're faced with, uh, should we buy this? Should we buy a boat? Uh, if we do, what do we give up to, to do that? So you, it gives, puts you in a position if you've, Identified your goals, identified what it takes to uh, buy those goals, even be at retirement, and uh, channeled your resources, your paychecks, uh, to fund those goals and invest in that money and watch over those investments to make sure that they're performing uh, properly and uh, uh, if necessary to put more money in. Uh, you do it, you achieve the goal. So it's all in a matter of uh, paying attention on your level, our level, as to what's going on. And, uh, uh, you know, we do that for our clients. And uh, if you want to give us a call, uh, the toll-free number at the station today is 1-888-281-1110. That's 1-888-281-1110. We're glad to talk about your issues and concerns in your financial plan. So this is Jim McAleese, uh, your host this morning, and uh, you can give us a call. And uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. 
Each week, we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. And uh, we were talking about the jobs and uh, what's happening in the job market. Uh, the housing market is, uh, you know, uh, we'll get to the uh, uh, the home prices in a minute. But what we're seeing is that the uh, uh, if you're selling a home, it's a seller's market uh, because there isn't that many homes for sale. People are living in their homes longer. People aren't moving as much as they used to. And, of course, the pandemic slowed down uh, people going from, uh, you know, visiting homes and things of this nature. Uh, and also the demand for uh, homes has gone up because of the COVID. People uh, want more uh, space and uh, they want a yard and things of this nature. So basically there's an emphasis on the uh, uh, suburbs. Also in manufacturing, what you're seeing in, in manufacturing is a uh, uh, is an enormous strength in uh, March. And uh, that really forecasts a, a uh, enormous strength coming down the road. According to the Institute of Supply Management index uh, for March. Uh, the uh, the index is signaling a strong and robust expansion, basically in new orders and production. Uh, what they do in this index put out by the Institute of Supply Management, it's really a qualitative uh, measure versus some of the government reports. The government reports are generally a little later and they'll go into all the, the numbers to three significant figures. But here what they do is they take a survey of the manufacturing uh, executives. They might have 5,000 of these people that they ask to complete a survey. And then the, the survey is rather simple. And uh, basically what they're looking for is how did you do this month versus last month? Did you improve? Uh, was it about the same or uh, was it worse? And they take a look at not just 
the big picture, but they also take a look at, hey, about new orders, about um, production, about backlog. If you're, you know, the best of all worlds is, hey, uh, the new orders are increasing um, probably more than we can handle. Uh, the backlog is increasing. We've got to hire more people. Production is increasing. We've got to hire more people. And uh, uh, the uh, uh, the export market is increasing. So basically, that's what this this report says. And when the when the uh, executives respond to it, and basically what you're saying in in uh, uh, March give you an idea of what the, some of the responses are uh, from the chemical products. Demand remains strong. Significant supply impacts on raw material due to the Texas freeze. All major raw materials and suppliers are uh, force manjure, whatever. You know, that basically means hey, uh, it's a unusually strong event. Uh, the plastics and rubber products, uh, some of the comments from them were, Tremendous stress on the supply chain since the storms in Texas. Chemicals are on allocation or unavailable. Resin is on allocation or unavailable. So if you put an order in, you'll find out whether it, it's, uh, they're going to allot you so much uh, of your order or whether they're going to say, hey, we haven't got it. That's one of the reasons for the increases in uh, prices at the uh, uh, at the uh, company level, not the consumer level. The consumer price increases have been rather uh, controlled. You know, the way I think the consumer price index was certainly no long, no higher than 1.7 uh, for last month. So it's well under control. But uh, the prices that the companies are paying are are going up. Uh, and uh, like electrical equipment, appliances, business is even stronger for us this year throughout the third quarter, and we expect a very healthy growth in our manufacturing sales. Um, uh, widespread uh, machinery says, hey, uh, widespread supply chain issues. Suppliers are struggling to manage demand and capacity in the face of chronic uh, logistics and labor issues. No end in sight. That's according to the manufacturing people. Uh, fabrication metal products, a lack of qualified machine and fabrication shop talent makes it difficult to keep up with the production demand when there is no backup, no second string. Uh, qualified new hires are, are an ongoing challenge. We have to provide better uh, compensation to keep qualified talent. Raw material prices are up 50% to 60% over the last six months, which results in increases, increased prices to our customers and a uh, disincentive to build inventory. A, uh, a uh, uh, the spring petroleum and, and coal products, they, the spring and summer months look great at the national oil level. And... Uh, Food and beverages, uh, say, uh, winter storm Uri uh, has made daily life in the supply chains quite a challenge 
everything from plastic substances to adhesives have been significantly impacted by production interruptions and uh, uh, transportation equipment. Uh, business conditions are positive for our industry and company. Uh, the constraints are mainly related to parts available. Uh, that's the import supply chain congestion. Manpower is also a constraint. Hiring new uh, people is a challenge. And uh, what it really says is that uh, uh, one of the things that they measured against, they take in their software, their analysis of the survey results, what they do is uh, grind all these uh, comments from the executives uh, through their uh, software, and they come up with an index number. And if the index number is 50, then that indicates kind of a neutral where the industry is not going up and it's not going down. Uh, a number over 50 or higher than 50 indicates expansion, and a number less than 50 indicates uh, uh, contraction. So basically what we're looking at right now is uh, for for uh, uh, March, it's uh, uh, 64.7. It was... Uh, February it was 60.8, and uh, January it was 58.7, and basically in March and April, uh, or April and May during the shutdown, those numbers got all the way down to 41 and 43. So uh, we've come a long way since the shutdowns in uh, March and April. Uh, give you an idea of the raw data, uh, the manifest from the surveys. Uh, these executives, 45% of them said the new orders this month are better than the new orders uh, last month. Uh, 43 said production is up this month versus last month. Backlog of orders is increasing. 43% uh, said uh, better this month than last month. New export orders, 17% said they're better. Employment, 24% said that... Uh, this month, they had more people than last month. And prices paid, 72% said that uh, they're paying more for their raw materials or for their, uh, <clears throat> call it not, for their parts, not call it, not uh, fully assembled uh, products. So prices are going up, production's going up, new orders are going up, and uh uh, which is a which is an exceptionally good place for um, you know the uh, uh, the U.S. manufacturing and, and basically when you take a look at it, it's just the start. Uh, <clears throat> the demand is there. Uh, they're they're uh, having good problems in all the industries. Basically, good management problems as opposed to bad management problems. Bad management problems are, hey, we don't have any orders, we're going out of business, we're taking a loss. Uh, good management problems are, hey, we, we need uh, more. Uh, go talk to the supplier about getting more of this, and the supplier uh, listens to you and says, you want what, when? you got to be kidding. Uh, so that leads to price increases, and uh, delivery schedules being stretched out. So 
That's what they that's what they get paid for. These are the, the uh, good management problems. If you want to make a profit, you got to produce a product. And if you got to produce a product, you got to hustle to solve all these uh, all these problems. So the good problems will continue. This is uh, Jim McAlee. You're listening to Get Rich Low. You can give us a call over our toll free number. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Bring in every girl and boy a basket full of Easter joy. Things to make your Easter Friday gay. He's got jelly beans for Tommy, colored eggs for Sister Sue. There's an orchid. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, uh, Jim McAleese. We're talking about, basically, we're talking about, hey, things look good. Uh, basically, the, uh, uh, the equities are going up because uh, we're basically winning the war uh, against the COVID. And by winning the war, I mean, there's talk about, well, uh, in some cases, the number of cases are going up and down. And basically, you got to realize that uh, we only have about this is really the start of the whole thing. We only have about 17% of the population immunized so far. Uh, so uh, once we get from, you know, we're, in, we're immunizing 40 million people a month. And uh, once we get up to, uh, let's say, 50% of the population, uh, we'll be well on our way. Uh, to get that herd immunity, that herd immunity will happen. We got about eighty percent of the population, but you can imagine you can see people going out nowadays that are have their immunization and they're feeling uh, healthier. They're feeling uh, uh, more protected. They're uh, they're uh, quote rolling the rock back and, and coming out of the cave now. So. Uh, to me, it's a, it's a good sign for the economy and it's a good sign for the, uh, the earnings and the, uh, the stock market. So, um, oops, did, did we see a call? What happened? Yep, we have a call. We have a call. Um, although he didn't want to be on, the line, on air, Paul gave us a call and he said, I received unemployment benefits last year like many, many, many people did. And when they passed the stimulus bill, what did they do about taxes um, on unemployment benefits? Are they taxed? Are they not taxed? Uh, are they deductions? What's the scoop on that? It's good news, Paul. <laughs> the good news is that uh, if you received uh, unemployment insurance, uh, uh, there is basically in 2020, uh, uh, they'll find that up to 10,200 of these benefits are exempt from taxes, both federal taxes as well as Ohio taxes. The tax break, where, you know, they put together this tax break as part of this uh, recent $1.9 trillion relief program, the American Rescue Plan. And uh, that was part of it. And uh, uh, along with checks out to everybody and, uh, and 
uh, unemployment, uh, federal unemployment uh, payments up until September, uh, they also indicated that, hey, uh, for those people who have received unemployment benefits in 2020, uh, the new provision exempts up to 10200 of unemployment benefits from federal taxes and state ta- and Ohio taxes. Uh, but that's only for 2020. It doesn't apply to pay payments uh, that you've gotten in 2021 so far. Specifically, the rule allows you to include the first 10200 of benefits up to 10200 for each spouse filing jointly from your income on your federal return if you have an adjusted gross income of less than $150,000 for uh, 2020. So uh, any benefits that you report over the 10200 per individual, that's going to be taxed as normal. So any anybody who received unemployment insurance, uh, they're going to receive a 1099-G uh, that details how much the individual or household received the, for 2020 tax year. So, and uh, there was a, a notice, and uh, uh, you know people had filed their income tax, and then they got their 1099-G, and then they, and uh, the idea here is the IRS says, uh, uh, please don't uh, file a, an amended return. And that'll even cause more uh, uh, issues and problems with the IRS. So the agency hopes to refigure the taxes using the new employment breaks and and then send out uh, refunds later in the year. So um, hopefully you'll you got your uh, if you're unemployed you got your uh, unemployment benefits and now. You suddenly realize that hey, I don't have to pay taxes on ten thousand two hundred of it. So, um, good news, Paul. <laughs> Hope they do it for two thousand twenty-one too. But I don't, and then nobody's talked about it so far. Okay, this is Jim Nicholas. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. You give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You can give us a call. Our toll-free number is one 888 281110. You know, we, I, earlier in the show, I mentioned that uh, house prices are going up and uh, mentioned that uh, that standard and poor case filler home price index. So uh, basically, what they're showing is that uh, in the national average, single family home prices increased uh, 10.2%. Uh, uh, nationally, and uh, because of the smaller supply of homes for sale, and people aren't moving like they did 10 years ago, and uh, 
<clears throat> what the the Standard and Poor uh, Dow Jones uh, Case Shiller Home Price Survey does is that they track the prices of a typical uh, single-family home in 20 metropolitan areas in the U.S. and Cleveland is one of them. They've been doing this for 30 years, and uh, all the big cities are included, including Cleveland. So, uh, according to their latest data, and their data is a little bit dated. It's January. Here we are in, in uh, April, and they're talking about January prices, but they do a thorough job. And uh, what they're showing is that uh, Cleveland home prices were up 11.7% over the last 12 months. Uh, in Denver, give you some comparison of uh, different places around the country, in Denver, they were house prices were up uh, 10% over the last 12 months. And in Washington, D.C., uh, they were also up 10.7% uh, uh, over the last uh, 12 months. So here we are standing at Cleveland uh, at 11.7%. And uh, different, different parts of Cleveland uh, might have seen more or less, uh, depending upon... Uh, the particular neighborhood, uh, but really it shows that uh, it's a uh, seller's market out there. So if you take a look at different areas of the country, some of the ones that are, are going up even faster, uh, what you see is Seattle uh, was up 14.3%. And uh, some of the other places like San Francisco, San Francisco has, enormous house prices, but they're not going up as fast as they are in uh, Cleveland. They're only up, going up at 9.5%. In uh, Tampa, uh, their price increase was 11.9%. So uh, according to uh, Craig Lazara, who's the managing director and global head of the index, the strong price gains that we observed in the last half of 2020 continued into the first month of the new year, into January. And uh, uh, the trend of accelerating prices that began in June of last year have now reached its eighth month and is also reflected in the uh, composite numbers. So uh, January's January's performance is particularly impressive in historical content. Uh, the, the national composite number is 11.2%, is the highest recorded since February of 2006, just shy, just one month shy of 15 years ago. Uh, so basically, they're seeing data that they haven't seen in 15 years. And uh, uh, it basically says that uh, there's a great, great demand in uh, housing, and uh, 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 that's both in existing houses as well as in new home construction. As I said before, a couple of weeks ago, new home construction is going flat out. In other words, they have operational constraints like I can't find the people, I can't find the products, I can't find the, the lumber prices that are going through the ceiling uh, that are basically limiting uh, the production. So this is Jim McAuley. Uh, you're listening to Get This Slow. Uh, stay tuned. I'll be right back.
Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. I smiled when I saw the first flower of spring about a week ago. A lone daffodil had popped its head through the ground and was looking around on a cool March morning. I wasn't sure when it made it finally decide to end its long winter sleep. Perhaps it had noticed that the ground around it was no longer frozen. Perhaps it had felt the warmth of the sunshine finally pushing the temperatures into the 60s. Perhaps it had heard the songs of the birds singing that spring had arrived and it was time for the world to awaken again. Perhaps the roots of the tree had whispered to it that it was now safe to come out and that their, their own limbs were already budding. Whatever the reason, it was a joy to see the little guy soaking up the light, sunlight, and calling out to its fellow flowers to join in the celebration of life once again. I know that soon they will be joined by other daffodils, tulips, and dandelions. I know that soon the air will be full of butterflies dancing above them all. I know that soon the meadows will be full of growing grass and forested and hills will be awash in bright green leaves. I know that soon my home will once again be alive with the glory of God's creation. We too are part of that creation, but unlike the flowers of the field, we have the ability to bloom even when the world around us is cold, dark, and harsh. We have the ability to share our beauty in the face of ugliness, our joy in the face of fear, and our love in the face of hate. We have the ability to make every day feel like the first day of spring. So, may you bloom well then and today and always, and may you shine your light and may you share your love. And may it truly alive in the glory of God's creation. And until we meet again next week, for more Get Rich Slow, may God protect you and keep you safe. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.